the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of the little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell, where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we would see Jesus today. Heavenly Father, we would hear Jesus today. Heavenly Father, we would be moved to love and serve Jesus today. Amen. Please be seated. This reading is the kind of reading you reserve for guest preachers because its content isn't, well, what we normally associated with good news. It's harsh. It asks us to confront the reality of sin in our lives and to ask us, what are we prepared to do to fight it? Jesus' suggestions are radical. Cut it off! Not many folks are willing to follow these instructions literally. But you know, not only is it an over love for our hands and feet and eyes that make us reluctant to follow these instructions, we don't follow them because they're worthless. Verse 
in fighting sin, aren't they? If the way one handles not looking at inappropriate images is to blind oneself, does that mean that the mind doesn't flash a history of images that you can contemplate? It's not the hand or the eye or the foot that causes us to stumble, is it? It's the heart that causes us to stumble, and the hand and the eye and the foot are merely doing its bidding. Jesus has radicalized that option to help us see it's insufficient. It doesn't work. And can we cut out the heart and still live? Well, in Ezekiel, we are promised a heart transplant. That what human hands cannot do, Jesus will do. He will circumcise our heart. In fact, he will replace a heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Do we seek a new heart from Jesus? Or do we simply try to tame the old heart? Maybe we don't cut off arms or legs or eyes. But have you noticed the most common way to handle failure in American culture? If you were an athlete and you didn't reach your goals, what did the world of sport give you to help you understand how to handle defeat? Normally a coach who told you what an incredible loser you were, right? And it was his or her job to make losing feel so utterly miserable that you would use that pain in the heart to goad yourself to give everything you had in practice and in the next game so you wouldn't lose again. Shame was seen as the method of champions. And how often have we in the church imported that culture, that for moral failure, what we need to do is to shame ourselves, to go away from God, till we can clean up our act. And then we can come back to him when we have shown that we're worthy of his love and acceptance. Because that's what you have to do with the coach, right? You don't come back until you've shown him that you're a winner indeed. Anybody here go fishing? 
Now, when you go fishing, you take a naked hook and you put it in the water, right? I have these stone expressions, which probably means that even in Tennessee, you realize that that's not a good way to fish. You gotta have bait on it, right? Because fish don't want to commit suicide. You know, sin is self-destructive. It destroys all the good things God has given us. It destroys all the good things we have worked for. Sin destroys our relationships, which are the most deeply satisfying thing in life. How does the devil get us to sin? He uses bait. Pretty simple, right? And what's the bait? It's different things for different people, but it has the same commonality. And that is this. It makes you feel good, if just for a short time. If it's Pete Rose, it's having skin in the game, the adrenaline running, something at stake to help him recapture his days of playing so he gambles on baseball and is banned for life. People with substance abuse, what's the, what's the pleasure? Being able to forget about all the problems, if for a little while, but of course they're just more when they come down or sober up. If the bait of sin is to feel good, is it a strategy for success to shame ourselves when we fall to get the willpower not to sin? Does it make sense to say, I'm going to make myself feel bad so I won't want to feel good. That's a recipe for disaster. And that's what Thomas Cramner said that for all the best intentions of the medieval church, its emphasis on guilt, shame, and fear was just driving people to seek false comfort. Where does the heart transplant come from? by hearing God's loving promises affirmed Sunday after Sunday in the liturgy. What is the opening collect of purity that we have just heard? Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, from whom no secrets are hid, we are naked before God, and he does not despise us. He does not shame us. He does not condemn us because he has already condemned our sins on the cross of Christ. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. For Cramner, 
the Holy Spirit comes through his word. And as we hear the promise of free forgiveness in Christ, of grace in action, that he will be at work in us. Does anybody want to know the secret to stop sinning? It's very simple. Love God more. It's not cutting off an arm or an eye or a leg. It's not shaming ourselves. It's simply loving God more. And we know that we can only love when we experience love. And nothing makes us feel more loved than to have before us all that we have done wrong to someone and to have them say, I forgive you. I love you. I believe in you. And therefore, what does the collect of purity say? Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love thee. When we take in God's love for us, that and that alone will inspire us to love God, indeed to love God more than sin, to love God more than our own selfishness, to love God and to serve those he has given us in love. And when our hearts are filled with love by God, then we can worthily magnify his name. So often we get it reversed. We think we have to worthily magnify his name so he will then love us. But it's because he loves us that we are empowered to love. And through our loving him and others, we do worthily magnify his name. So as we approach the holy table today to remember his death and resurrection, and our call to join him, dying to the old and rising to the new, may his love as Cramner intended fill our hearts afresh, keeping shame and condemnation far from the good news that God in Christ is pleased with us and empowers us to share that blessing with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.